Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Donna from Yoga in My School. It is a pleasure to be able to reach out with you across the airwaves this morning. And um, it is a, a cold, blustery day up here where I am, up in Alberta, Canada. Um, but we have a lovely, warm topic to be getting into. And it is, of course, one of my favorites. We're going to be looking more into mindfulness for kids. And I'm thrilled to be able to reconnect with our guest. I think I met uh, Wynn, oh, uh, I'm going to go back to 2011, if, I, if my memory serves correctly. We were both at uh, a Mindfulness for Youth conference in Banff, Alberta. And she is lovely, lovely. And so when she came out with her, her new book, Calm, Mindfulness for Kids, I was ecstatic to be able to reconnect with her and to tell you all about the amazing work that she does. Um, she has a Master's of Education um, and she is a Go Noodle flow content creator. And I know a lot of educators use Go Noodle in their classrooms. And as well, she is the founder, I believe founder, Wellness Works in Schools. Uh, she has been a forerunner in bringing mindfulness and yoga and meditative, contemplative practices to children to help them to live happier, healthier lives. And I'm thrilled to be able to spend the next half hour getting into this really rich topic with her. Welcome, Wynn. How you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. Doing well. Nice to kind of explore all possibilities and the idea that you can get resources into the hands of kids, teachers, parents, and families. So well, and that's just it, right? It. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, as I was saying, you know, from 2011 to now, there has been a huge movement to bring these type of techniques, these um, tools to kids, parents, teachers, and to notice the impact that they're having in their lives. And the more people who are doing this, the greater benefit it is. And your book is exactly one of those wonderful new resources. So tell us a little bit, what made you delve into book publishing? You know, you've done a lot of content creating over the years, um, but what made you get into a book? Um, well, I began as a classroom teacher in, let's go back to the 1980s, late 1980s, um, and then for the past, um, say, 15 years, I've been working with mindfulness um, in other people's classrooms, not, a, not just my own. And so 
I've just realized that I've worked with thousands of students um, in classrooms, hundreds of teachers, and I just I, I realize I can only get to a certain number. Um, like yesterday, I was in seven classrooms. But what I really like is to expand the field of mindfulness and put books, resources, even if it's digital resources like Go Noodle, into the hands of the kids and the teachers that I'm working with and say, well, we did this today in class um, in our session, but here's something you can do when you want to at home. Mm -hmm. I don't assign it as homework, but I really I love to ask kids, try elevator breath at some point before I see you next week and notice when you used it, how you used it, how you felt, and what else we can do to adjust so it's even more useful for you. So that's about as, as strict as my homework becomes. But I really like to. <laughs> I think it's an expanding field, and it's, if we expand the use and the experience of mindfulness, um, it can change how people are able to regulate, settle, and energize all, all when mm -hmm. they need to. So I really, um, this is one of actually many books um, that I produced, and, and I was really aiming initially a couple years ago um, toward teachers. And so I came up with a couple of different curriculums that teachers mm -hmm. could use um, as part of their social skills classes, as part of transitions, as part of um, really any area that they could integrate mindfulness. So started with the teachers, um, have done a lot of trainings, but now this, this opportunity with DK to create something that was student-facing just felt like a natural progression in what I'm what I'm doing in this work. Yeah, and I've, the the sneak peeks that I've gotten of the book are it's incredible, absolutely incredible. Really lovely pictures, clear explanations of the activities, very very user friendly. So I definitely applaud you on that. I know how much work goes into not just the content but the design to make it um, accessible. So well done, and yes. kudos to DK for well, um, making all that happen. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I have I have your book on my shelf, and so I know that you know I have one of your books on my shelf. I know that um, you know you have experienced the editing and the writing and the organizing and the putting it into kid language and and uh, you know all the processes that makes it so that it's a useful tool, not just something that people pass around and go, well, I wish it were, I wish it were more kid facing or I wish it were more kid friendly. And, you know, it takes, it takes a long time and a lot of effort to do that and to make it intriguing and engaging. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we can't just throw these things at kids and go here, try this. If it doesn't engage them, they won't use it. They won't see the relevance. So exactly. I know, I know that you, and I, you understand that process. <laughs> yeah, I do understand that. It is a definite process, and it's and it's a lot of work, a lot of creative work, and and uh, and thoughtful, thoughtful. You know, I I remember waking up early in the morning, going, "Oh, that's how I solve that problem." <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> but there's a lot of work that goes into that. 
Um, So just for those who are listening, for our listeners, hang on because at the end we're going to tell you how you can get our book and how you can win a copy of the brand new Calm Mindfulness for Kids. We're going to be doing a giveaway. So all of that is yet to come. So (laughs) hold on, have a listen to all of the things that uh, we're going to be getting into. Um, but I have an interesting question because I think it would, would, has come up for you. There are two different covers of this book. One is a <laughs> blue cover with kind of big, calm mindfulness for kids and little pictures. And yeah. the other one is a young girl with braids and kind of smaller yeah. title print. Why the two different covers? This is interesting. <laughs> that was a question I had for my DK editors in London. Um, because they sent me both covers. And I honestly, I thought, oh, I'm the author. I get to pick. So I pick. <laughs> and they said, oh, no, no, you don't. Um, they have, I think, through Penguin Random House, they have many groups um, who will look at things before they're published and make choices based on this group of people. Maybe it's 12, maybe it's 20. They get to make the judgment, especially on the cover. Um, of what is used and so it's just funny because I really thought I had a choice but what had happened is the um, UK version picked the one that has the the girl with her eyes closed um, just as the cover and then the American group of people who had opinions about covers um, picked the other one and there is a there is a companion book um, this is meant to be a series, and so um, what they had originally was yoga for kids, and that came out in the fall. And yeah, I've the, seen that. You, the, yep, the UK version has a different cover as well, and so the American version of of my book needed to look very similar to the yoga for kids book. So, mm-hmm. of course, I've ordered I've ordered both because I really I really like something about each one of them. So I do have mm-hmm. one of each copy. But it's also interesting that as we were crafting this and as I was going back and forth with the designers um, and my editors, there there definitely are differences within the two versions of the book. And I think it's actually going to come out in, in more languages, whether it's Spanish or Mandarin. Um, I think there are going to be many more. I think French is, a, is another one. Um, yeah, I was going to say, please so tell me there, French, because I have so many people who want French resources absolutely. in Canada. They're like, please, absolutely. we need French resources. Yes. Well, I grew up in Michigan, and so having understanding of, of French was, was really good. We were at least up close to the border. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that's also on my radar to have make sure that that's a conversation that happens with DK. But even the language... Um, within the English language between the UK and the American version, um, the elevator breath is probably one of the foundations of, of um, kind of activities that we had created a long, long time ago. Um, and mm-hmm. just immediately the editors in London said, no, we don't have, yep. have elevators. And they said, sure you do. You have, <laughs> you have tall buildings. Nope. They have lifts. Yep. And then when we were crafting how to make slime, um, which is a cool slime and where, you know, it's kind of a stress slime. So you can squeeze it mm-hmm. and it feels feels fun, um, but it's a stress-relieving possibility for kids. Um, they wrote, 
in the ingredients, you must use corn flour. And I don't know how in, ah. in Canada, but corn flour here in the United States is very different from corn starch. And they yes. meant corn starch. But mm-hmm. I went to the grocery store, I bought corn flour, and I made a mess and realized, <laughs> nope, they're talking about cornstarch. That's what we've all made these things with before. So there, there were funny little things that came up throughout the process, but probably the biggest difference was the cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's why there are two covers. They're both, they're both delightful, but I do have one awesome. each. And if people want one of each, they'll have to order the, <laughs> the London version. Or we'll wait and see what the Canadian version ends up being. Yeah, right? Because it's like, um, we understand both. <laughs> <laughs> Weird Canadians with Queen Elizabeth on our money, you know. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. But so many wonderful things. <laughs> yeah. All oh. right. Um, let's get into um, a little bit of some of the hows and whys of what how we would like to, you know, how and why mindfulness yes. practices can help in assisting to create exactly what your book is called, Calm. Yes. Well, and, and I, here's here's another disclaimer. <laughs> I don't mean to do that to, to poor DK. I think they'll manage. Um, they had come up with the name before they got me on board. So when they mm-hmm. called and said, hey, we're, we're interested in finding someone to help us write a book that is student-facing that's for kids from essentially six on up to maybe, I, I talked to a couple 12-year-olds who really like the book, so it's 12, maybe even 13. So I said, great. What, what can we call it? Can we call it just mindfulness for kids? And they said, no, we've already decided it's calm. Mindfulness for kids. And I said, oh. <laughs> but <laughs> I said, okay, if we, if we can't change, change that, we're at least going to have chapters where mm-hmm. kids are not necessarily, their goal is not to calm down. Um, there's yeah. a chapter called care where they care for themselves, what are some activities we can do, what are some practices we can do to care for ourselves, or deal with change. Being calm isn't necessarily the the best or most healthy way to deal with change. Maybe we Mm -hmm. need to try to be flexible, and we need to move instead of feel like we're going to be still and let change happen to us. Um, And so Mm -hmm. another chapter is move move, wake up, here we go, you know, there's only one chapter that is called calm out of Mm -hmm. the six chapters, Um, and there's a chapter called focus, which I probably, because I feel that so often um, the core of mindfulness is the ability to pay attention and focus in the moment, I probably would have called it that. But I also know that Mm. many parents and many teachers like the idea of allowing kids to calm or teaching kids how to calm. So I think that's fine, I guess, from a marketing perspective. But I find a lot of mindfulness that I do with kids is energizing and it creates alertness and awakeness. We want them to wake up to what is going on in their lives and, you know, kind of feel the efficacy of it, not just the calm of it. Mm -hmm. So it gets one, it gets one chapter. And it gets the name on the front. <laughs> but calm is not necessarily 
the goal. I mean, there's even a there's a um, chapter called Reflect, the ability to reflect. And there are a lot of scientists and neuroscientists who would say that reflection is one of the potential goals or outcomes of mindfulness is the ability to step back and reflect. And so, we're, you know, there are many, many goals for uh, many different tools, um, but mindfulness is one of those things that it, it heightens regulation, it heightens awareness, um, our ability to connect with others. There should be a chapter on connecting. So maybe my mm-hmm. next one, I'll do that. <laughs> but I think it is no, connecting, connect. connecting to self, connecting to others, and how we can do that. So yeah. Um, yeah. many, many purposes for mindfulness for kids. Many purposes, many um, goals, I think. But calm is just one, one of many. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I like how you've broken it down into chapters within the book. That's a really great way so that people can say, oh, okay, I need, I, I do want my, uh, my students or my, my child to be able to focus a little bit better. So what are some practices? Yeah. And then they can flip through that chapter and try out a number yeah. of practices um, yeah. that and I don't, potentially I don't will help with that them. It, um, it doesn't really build. Um, it's, not, it's not a curriculum, this book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a resource, but it's not a. It doesn't have a scope and sequence. And as much as I do have a couple of teachers I've talked to already who are going with their kids through the beginning of the book, through you know, and trying to use it as as if there's a sequence. I'm hopeful they'll kind of check in on the introduction and then kind of choose what is needed or what mm-hmm. best fits one student or their group in general. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not. It's there's no scope and sequence. You, you, kids could, and I'm hopeful that they can find this as as a useful thing. They can start in the back, <laughs> and they can read, you know, the science. And there are kids who who will. They'll go right to oh, there's a section on the brain, the body, and breathing. Let me see what that's about. If they're science minded mm-hmm. and that that's what engages them, go to page seventy. And look that up, you know, and look at the brain science behind what the kinds of practices that are in the book can do. So it's, it's, it's very different from anything I've created before, which, of course, has a scope sequence, has a logic to it, and that scaffolds, scaffolds the, the um, mm-hmm. skills. But this doesn't. This, you can just kind of drop in um, to any, any portion of the book and go, oh, mindful eating. I'm going to check that out, or I want to do a craft, you know, and crafts are not something necessarily that I had um, thought would be throughout the book, but then DK loves crafts. (laughs) Yes, they do. Oh, well, well, we could do this, and that's cool. So they they like recipes, and, and so it was fun to say, yeah, let's make this a very useful, fun, engaging um, step-by-step um, kind of activity book almost. Mm-hmm. So we did. We put yeah, I love it. I teach, um, jar. I teach mindful crafting and, and that type of thing because so many people, um, you know, the kids want um, hands-on. They, you know, they want tactile. Oh. And so ma- mindful Absolutely. crafting. Awesome. I know. I love that. I love that. So, so it, <laughs> this has broadened my view as well for sure. 
broaden my view of Isn't that awesome? how we bring things to kids. All right, I have a question for you, though, and this one comes up a lot. I'm asked this one regularly in my training workshops and the professional development workshops that I run. So what do we do with the child or the individual who has no interest in participating? You know, you're offering this mindfulness technique, and they're like, what do you do? Yeah. So resistance, reluctance, um, any of those things. I... I have <laughs> I have a lot of training in the trauma-informed care, trauma-informed teaching, um, and therefore my answer to that question is let them. Let them resist. Because resisting is, in fact, a neurobiological response to agitation in the nervous system. And so if we're pushing prodding, pulling, and doing all those things that we as teachers love to do, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. come on, I can get him to do this, you know, Um, then we are only engaging in the triggering of whatever that nervous system is protecting itself against. So my answer is let them be because if there is resistance, there is a self-protection um, and so if we can engage them to listen, that is participating. And if we can engage them to be sure not to get in anyone else's way, then they are participating. If they are sitting still and taking care of themselves, then they are participating. So maybe curiosity is a helpful tool. And I would say in teaching, create curiosity ask questions, like, you know, what happens if I breathe in and out kind of quickly? Now I'm just going to try that, and I breathe in and out quickly, and then I stop. How do I feel after that? And you just start asking questions. Where can I feel breath in my body, in my shoulders, in my toes? No. Maybe in my back? Yep, I can feel it in my back. That's weird. I'm telling you, you know, and just adding curiosity and intrigue so even those kids who are sitting still and looking away and maybe even a little frustrated they start to wonder huh maybe I can feel breath in my back but we allow them to be how they need to be as long as they're not getting in the way of others and that's a hard thing to do as a very excited encouraging kind of educator we want them to try what we've got because it's almost like we're salesmen, right? Mm-hmm. But in fact, we have to honor their opportunity to choose because there is no, there's no value to pushing mindfulness, <laughs> to saying, okay, yeah. everybody close your eyes. That's absolutely – I never, never say that. I will say mm-hmm. I'm going to make a sound with the tone bar. And maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe you want to stare at a spot. Maybe you want to do long blinks. That adds curiosity right there. What does a long blink feel like? Right? Yeah. But at no point do I say you must close your eyes or yeah. you must reach up or you must move in this way. No. Nope. It's let me teach and let others learn. And if you're doing that, you're doing everything you need to do to notice what you need and to take care of yourself in the moment. That's what mindfulness is anyway. 
So that's that's love it, love let it. Them, that's the l- best let response them, I've gotten ever. Choose. Let them choose. Yep. I have well, and I'm one. the same. I I use lots of maybes. Yeah. Oh, tons of maybes. Possibly you try, right? Um, we don't do icebreakers because if you think of what an icebreaker is, it's breaking through the boundaries that people naturally put up to protect themselves. And maybe that is ice. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is really hard to break through, but it's not our job to break through their own personal boundaries. We never do icebreakers. I mean, maybe melt. We melt eventually with curiosity and care and choice some of their boundaries might melt, but it has to be up to them entirely, entirely. Love it. All right. I have to, before we end this conversation, tell me about your goats. <laughs> um, they're my form of, of mindful practice, and maybe some days they're my form of therapy. I have five alpine goats, and I have few acres that I can hike on that kind of goes into my neighbor's um, farm area, but (laughs) I've gotten permission. And so I hike my goats. And I've realized that there are days like even today where I felt like, okay, I'm going to get on a call. It's going to start snowing. It's going to get slippery on the hills. We do lots of hills. Um, And I realized that is my practice. And so when I go out, the nice thing about goats, Donna, (laughs) You don't need leashes, and you don't have to look behind you to see if they're following you. They always follow. <laughs> and no. so I just go out, and I, and I know they're there, and I'm not by myself, but that is probably my go-to practice of when I know that I'm going to have a long day, I try to squeeze in at least an hour of hiking these ridiculous animals. They're, they're amazing animals. But they, oh, I they, think you're adorable. I love they, when you know post about them. They serve a purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have friends who say yeah. stop, stop, you know, posting the goat pictures. But that's that's what I've got. That's what I've got. No, it's, I love the goat pictures. Is, they need their own thing. like. They need their own like Instagram page <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Don't they? I know they've they've requested it, but I just haven't I haven't put time into it yet. <laughs> Love the goats. So, all right. So, everybody, yeah. go out and get yourself some goats and about five acres of land <laughs> <laughs> for your own yeah, contemplative practices. And yeah, you're gonna awesome. find your thing. One, one of exactly. my favorite questions to ask to ask people is, and I'll ask this of kids at some point when I'm working with them, is just, where do you feel safe? And that's a fantastic way to gauge. Um, where kids are in the, you know, mindfulness can create safety on the inside. And if they have a space that they can go to that they know it's safe. But my question with for adults is where do you go to rest your soul? Mm. And that's just, you can go anywhere, do anything, as long as it feels like you're giving yourself this moment in the present moment that you can create where you can rest your soul. So we use different language with kids, but it is about safety. It is about having something. For me, it's goats, but for other people, it's, it's you know limitless. But where do you go to rest your soul? And, and very often when I work with adults, they still haven't found that safe place to rest their soul. And so the other part of the question is, are you still looking? 
And that's when mm. the rest of the people go, oh, yeah, I'm still looking. But it, it's a worthwhile, it's a worthwhile kind of task. So it all relates to goats. Everything comes back to goats. Did you notice that? <laughs> it, it came back to the goats. The, the, the book doesn't have any goats in it, and, and people are really disappointed, I will tell you. <laughs> I know. I, just, I didn't know <laughs> I like, what it was going to look like goats. in the end. I know. There are lots of birds, you know and butterflies and all that, and, and there's a dog and a rabbit and a basket. You'll have to see it when you get your copy. But how did, the, how did this get published without goats? I don't know. I, I do have a good friend who fishes for salmon um, up north of you in Bristol Bay, and so there's a page that has salmon. It's called Go With the Flow. And I said, you know, I, the initial visual no, those don't look like salmon. I need you to switch it. And they're like, what does salmon look like? So I sent them a <laughs> and they made it look like salmon. But why I didn't get the goats included, don't tell them I didn't get them in, okay? Don't anybody okay. tell them that <laughs> the goats are not in They would be book. so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, when, where can people get this lovely book of yours? Well, it's, it's on Amazon. What's amazing to me, and I don't understand the business of Amazon, is that there are used copies you can get now. They might have been used for what a day, or yeah, your book is brand new. <laughs> you can just you can, you can just it's brand new. Um, or you, I guess you can just you know get it at a bookstore. We have it in our. Mm-hmm. I'll do a plug for our Barnes and Nobles. Um, awesome. They had they had it on the day it was published. They had they had a hundred of them at, at our local Barnes and Noble. So you can also cool. go to the DK website. So it's 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 out there and available, and it'll show up really soon to your door. And whoever wins a copy, I will send them one. All right, and we're giving away a copy. So to enter to win a copy, you need to go to the Yoga in My School website. And in the search, just type in WINS, W-Y-N-N-E, push click, and it, this blog post for it, this interview will come up, and you can enter right there. The contest runs until February 26th at midnight, and so enter to win a, a copy, and we'll send you one. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> awesome. Wynn, it has been a delight to connect with you and talk about all things mindfulness, to talk about trauma-informed teaching. Love it. And uh, we might follow up on another another conversation about that because that's just so rich. And congratulations on on the book and enjoy spending time with your goats. Thank you. I will. I will. All right, Donna. It was great catching up. We should do it again. I would love that. Keep All up right. your good work. Thanks, everybody. Namaste. <laughs>